Have you ever wondered what it's like to be a Christian professional voiceover artist? Okay, well, your wonders are about to come to an end, because that's what we're going to talk about on this week's edition of the Monday Christian Podcast. Listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program dedicated to helping you put into action the truth of God's Word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. And now, here's your host, Ezra Beyer. Well, hey there, welcome to another edition of the Monday Christian Podcast. And if you haven't already, Take a moment to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, also check out themondaychristian.com. Got some blog articles that I write uh, about every week, and uh, lots of podcasts, and just some good stuff over there, so check that out. This week on the podcast, I have voice actor Katie Lee. Now, Katie, she's a voice of, I want to say, 50-plus voices on television, films, video games, and as you're going to find out in a sec, radio as well. And some of these roles include Sunny and Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears, Zuzu and Poppy Cat, and her favorite role uh, as Baby Rolf on The Muppet Babies. But for most of you listening, you probably know her best for her long-standing role on the popular kids' drama series Adventures in Odyssey. As of this taping, I think it's about 885 episodes that have been recorded to date, And Katie has been one of the core characters since the show's inception in 1987. She's married to her husband, Vincent, and together they have five kids and currently live in California. Now, if you've never heard of this show, Adventures in Odyssey, and you're like, okay, what in the world is this? There'll be some parts you probably won't understand as well as those that have heard Adventures in Odyssey growing up. For myself personally, I listened to Odyssey uh, a ton as a kid. And if I were to confess, uh, some even till this day. Um, it's just one of those great kids' audio shows. I mean, I just I love radio drama. To me, it's so much better in, in many ways uh, than TV shows and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I literally, I've listened to probably, <laughs> I want to say thousands of hours of, of these shows. And um, and just really, it's, it's, so it's kind of like a childhood connection that not only I, but, but numbers of our listeners um, have with people like Katie and and others that have been on the show. So I think you're going to really find our interview fascinating. She shares some just the roller coaster ride of her journey of becoming a voice actor, what that all looked like, how she got started, and really how God has done way more than she ever imagined uh, through her life and the way that she's been able to touch uh, many around not only the U.S., but even around the globe. Oh, and I should throw this in. At the very end of this interview, we have a special surprise for you. And, uh, well, I'll just I'll leave it a surprise. So let's go ahead and get right into this interview that I did with voice actor Katie Lee. Katie, it's good to have you on the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's such a sweet introduction. Yeah, between my husband and I, we've got five, and then we have a grandbaby, too. Oh, that's awesome. Man, well, I always ask this question, okay? So whenever I have guests on, because people come from so many different backgrounds, um, 
tell us your own journey. Like, how did you come to faith in Christ? What did that look like for you? Uh, well, you know, I grew up in the church, in the Episcopal Church, though. It wasn't a, like, you know, we, and I, I think we rarely took church home after Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but I went to vacation Bible school sometimes, and we had nuns that taught us. And I think a lot of the songs that I heard really stuck with me in the teachings. So, um, you know, so I was raised that way, but I really came to know the Lord uh, after I graduated from college, and I was invited to a home group Bible study, and I was challenged to, you know, just get to know. I met people who were really reading their Bible, and I thought that was amazing because I'd never seen that before. And Interesting. Uh, trying yeah. to apply it to their lives, and you know, just accepted the Lord then uh, it was I think probably 1984 maybe yeah it's probably when that happened and you know it just gave me a just renewed you know relationship with Jesus really committed to wanting to serve him and follow him and understand you know I'm still learning still yeah. learning right yeah. there's so much to learn um now i'm learning how to I, I, we help my husband and i are helping start a church it's just a year old um king of kings community los angeles and our, we're connected to king of kings community jerusalem and yes. they're a church that teaches hebrew roots and why that's so important to me because even though i was raised in the church i'm three quarters jewish most of my relatives are jewish and um, it was just it, just such a wonderful congregation that teach just like I feel like all of me is accepted and appreciated and celebrated and we learn about everything and our pastor um, just never ceases to amaze me. So yeah, that's so, kind of my journey now. And we're going to go to Israel in September. And yeah, I was going to ask. Like, like? Like, are you fluent in Hebrew? Is that? Oh my goodness, no! I mean, most <laughs> most Jews don't even speak Hebrew. But you know, I grew up with some Yiddish around the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's cool, man. My, my wife's been to Israel. I've never had the chance to get over there. I, I'd love to. Um, one of the things I, I thought this was interesting. So you said you came to faith around 1984, 87. I guess mm -hmm. was one of the whole Adventures and Odyssey uh, around that time frame when it, when it started, and. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because I went back and I've watched several interviews that you did, but I think you gave a talk a number of years ago where you shared how in the early phases, man, you, you came to faith in Christ, but then you were kind of unsure, hey, how does this all play out in terms of like, you know, my relationship with God? I want to want to have a good relationship with God, but then voice acting, sometimes Hollywood's not the greatest scene for Christians. Like, like and t just talk about that that wrestle that you went through in the early days. Yeah, well, I, I think it's not unlike uh, what a lot of, I get letters from people now who, you know, have grown up in pretty strict Christian households, and they're just like, uh, I don't know if I should pursue my dream, I don't know if I should go to Hollywood, and there's a lot of factors involved with, you can be a voice actor and not go to Hollywood. I'm sitting outside, so if it gets a little loud, I'll go inside, if you can hear the neighbor's dogs oh, that's and fine. the that's slamming fine. and stuff. But it's nice outside today in, here in California. I'm not really in Odyssey. I'm in California. 
Um, so, yeah, but when I, about the time that I started becoming a disciple, a follower of Jesus, really committed my life, there was a lot of commotion in the church. It was a big time for the evangelical church. And, you know, I'm sorry to say that sometimes we're better known as Christians for what we're against than what we stand for. Yeah. And at that time, someone had written a book called, well, I don't even want to say what it is. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it basically pointed out all the demonic and satanic things that were in cartoons and how bad they were for kids. I mean, right. even Care Bears. And, 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 you know, so, and the point is, I was a pretty new Christian, and I thought, wow, you know, am I contributing to this? I was, you know, open to learning, and I would take in everything that was on the radio, you know, Christian radio, and how people were feeling at the time, and I, mm -hmm. I didn't want to contribute to, you know, Satan taking over Sure. Children. Yeah. And, and, you know, and at the time I was also working on a cartoon called Dungeons and Dragons, which oddly enough, now 35 years later, you know, there's a lot of believers who play the game and who weren't allowed to when they were little. And, you know, I didn't go near it, but, um, so the cartoon and, you know, there's a lot of fans. So I was doing that and, you know, with a name like Dungeons and Dragons, it, you know, there was, there's magical stuff in there. There's magic in Narnia, too, as we all yeah. know. But yeah. at any rate, at that time, it was like, ooh, so bad. Yeah. You know, everything was bad. So I did wrestle with if I should continue being a voice actress, you know, because um, most of my work was in cartoons. Yeah. And I, you know, really prayed and asked God, you know, could you use me in something, my voice, what I do to glorify you? And God sure as heck answered my prayers. So, yeah. Well, well how did like how did that all come about? Cuz you mentioned something that that in one of your talks where you were you went into um applied to like I think it was a drama program at your church. They rejected you because, you know, you were too new of a Christian, I guess, according to them. Yes, that's, and, that's true, yeah. And, and so so that happens. And then um, yeah, I'm guessing you're feeling pretty low. I was rejected by my church. Yeah. I was rejected by my yeah. church like, at that time. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that was a pretty painful process to go through. But it like, was. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, I was really open to what God wanted to do in my life. So that kind of buffered the blow I, I I yeah because I knew what they had us do to audition was stuff I had done semi-professionally you know improv I'd been on stage and you know but they you know I had to honor their um and I'm still learning how to about you know bringing everything to the Lord in prayer because you know the fact that they prayed about it and felt that I was too new of a Christian and I, that kind of thinking just blew me away, but yeah. I, you know, I, I was hurt, but I also thought, well, okay, whatever, you know, God, I, you know, I'm trying to put myself out there for you, you know, but I'm not much of a stage person to tell you the truth. And so 
I don't know if I would have wanted to do it any, you know, really, right. you know, it's probably was a good thing. I'm not a big on camera, big on stage person. Maybe it wasn't a right fit, but I just, you know, was willing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so that's my prayers. A lot of time is, you know, if I'm going this way, Lord, if you don't want me to go this way, you know, make the bridge fall down or the closed door. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it took a long time. It was probably about a year after that, maybe a year and a half after when I heard the family portraits on the radio. And that was my real passion anyway. And I heard people, you know, voices that I recognized. And I knew they were my friends. I knew they were using professional actors because I was a professional actor at the time. You know, yeah. I was sick doing everything, you know, on all the networks. So I knew those people, and so I happened to be in the same town as Focus on the Family the day I heard it, and I oh, Colorado found Springs. Booth. No, 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 they were in Arcadia at the time. Oh, yeah. interesting, interesting. No, they started out in Arcadia, okay. and I was in Arcadia that day, which I'd never been to before. I probably haven't even been to since. Okay. Um, and, well, maybe I did go back there once they hired me, but I found their address <laughs> in the telephone book, and I drove over, and I gave them my demo, which was, that time was on Reel to Reel. And I said, I'd really love to work with you guys. I know who you're working with, so I know you're using, you know, and I just would like introduce myself. And so they had me do a few little things, and then I actually did a family portraits, and and then when they were creating Odyssey, they they had a part for me. And that was, like, pretty amazing, right? Like, there's only one Connie Kendall role in the whole world, and I landed it. So Well, and they held it for you, too. special. Yes, they did, because, <laughs> well, they were telling me, oh, we're going to do this in the, in the spring. And I was married, and I was expecting my first child, and they're going to do it in the spring. And he was due in October. Okay, great. I'm ready. Waiting for the phone call. No, we're not ready yet. Summer comes, June, July, August. I still haven't heard from them. And then uh, everybody's probably tired of this story, but it's pretty dramatic. October, about six days after he was born, and he had to stay in the hospital for a few days, too. I get this phone call. Can you come in to work next week? We're going to finally we're gonna record. <laughs> and I was like... Oh, you know, that's the last thing you want to do after you've had a baby. I mean, I don't know. For me, because I, I was like, like I said, still kind of a new Christian, you know, five years and just wanting to be the perfect Christian mom. And, you know, just I right. couldn't put work above my child. And, you know, and, and I remember sitting there looking at him and it, and phoned my ear. And I was like, I felt I truly felt like. Abraham, you know, sacrificing, you know, Isaac. But in this case, Isaac wasn't my son. It was the job that I wanted. <laughs> and it really wasn't like it paid anything. It just was, you know, this been waiting, right. waiting, waiting, to be, right. you know, work with them. And I just said, oh, you guys, I'm sorry. I, I just had a baby six days ago. I said, you're going to have to find somebody else. There was about this much silence, and then Steve Harris said, well, okay, you know, that that was, like, kind of it. I don't know. He said, you know, thanks or whatever. 
And I thought that was it. And then about six weeks later, he called me back. He says, can you do it now? And I was like, oh, they've waited for me for six weeks. What can I say? And all I could think to say was, can I bring my baby? Because <laughs> <laughs> they were like an hour away from where I lived, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I was yeah. nursing and anyway, TMI. But I said, can I bring the baby? I just didn't want to leave him in. I don't know. what They go, well... This is focus on the family. I guess you can bring the baby. So here I come traipsing in with a six-week-old baby, seven-week-old baby. And, you know, my husband at the time, you know, was came with me and we did our first episode. So, Man, that's <laughs> and cool. And I've been a pain. I've been a pain in the butt to them ever since. <laughs> well, uh, okay. And doing my research, I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but weren't you shooting a... Um, a six commercials in a day sketch and then you got through three of them and then you realize okay i need to go deliver a baby that yes that was my second one that was my daughter oh my word first, yeah that was pretty <laughs> funny actually if anybody i don't know your audience but pamela adlon who has a show on hulu called better things okay she was a person i was recording with we were playing two boys and it was uh, idaho in mashed potatoes commercials six of them yes well i live in and idaho so you live in idaho i do i, I just moved from toronto uh, canada so i live in idaho right now no, though yeah that's where my parents are from toronto oh really anyway nice, uh, nice. yeah i have yeah. relatives up there okay but i've never been there oh, anyway, beautiful city so yeah idaho and their radio commercials and I remember because my son was born a couple weeks early, and then we had these commercials. We'd already done a, a series, and then they um, wanted to do more. And my agent called it, and they told me the date. I go, okay, any day before Wednesday, because I remember saying Wednesday. She was born on because I looked on the calendar and I knew that Wednesday was ten days before her due date, and I know that my son was born or two weeks before, so I wanted to make sure. So she calls back, says they want to do it on Wednesday. Like, all right, we'll see what happens. And I was having my house remodeled and all kinds of stuff was going on that day. Um, and sure enough, I started to feel like I was going into labor. And I called <laughs> my, my birthing coach. She goes, well, I said I'm supposed to go to work at noon or something. And I'm sitting outside on my patio. And she goes, well... It's either, you know, false labor, or they call it Braxton Hicks yep. contractions, or you'll have a good story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, well, okay, I guess we'll go to work. So I go, and, and bless their hearts, the room was full of men from the company. But I have a feeling they might have been Mormons, so they probably had lots of kids. So they yeah. were really cool. Like, here's this. <laughs> severely pregnant person right <laughs> and uh pammy who ha wasn't even married at the time she has three kids now but she's looking at me and i'm like pacing and we get one spot done and i'm squatting and going through all this stuff and the third one i said you know um i think i really need to go home and have this baby <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're like okay fine we'll do the other three 
in six, usually give you like six weeks to come back. We'll finish this. And, you know, and Pam's like watching like, oh, what is going on here? So I, I tell people I'm the only one who, well, I went, my doctor was down the street and I had planned to have a home birth. Yep. But, and she, I guess my husband called and said, you know, she's in labor. So they're like waiting to see me. But I didn't know they thought I was coming in right away because I'm there working, trying to record these spots. So like about two three hours go by and then we drove to their office like where have you been I'm like well I was working <laughs> okay <laughs> so they they it's really an amazing story I have these miraculous stories I think I really feel like this is well her birth to me was miraculous but mm. anyway I'll tell you why so the midwife who was married to the doctor she went to her office and she's okay. She looked at me and cause I said, I, I would really, she says, you can go to the hospital if you want, which is like right next door or you can go home, try to have your baby at home. Now my house had gotten painted that day. So, you know, paint fumes all yeah. over the place, but they had left all the doors and windows open. So when I sent my birthing person there, this is like, has nothing to do with Odyssey or voiceover, does it? But anyway, it's a good story. So I sent my, the and she walks in the house. I go, tell me, does it smell really bad of paint? Because I need to know if I'm going to go home or go to the hospital. She goes, no, it's pretty good. Well, you know, if you when all the doors are open, it don't smell it, right? But by the time I got home, oh, it did smell like paint. Anyway, so I, I say I'm the only person who rushed home from the hospital to have a baby, <laughs> right? <laughs> that I know of. Anyway, so we get there, and, and then my daughter, I guess, was turned face up and they're supposed to be face down and the midwife got lost we did my husband had unplugged the phone because my dad was like yelling and upset that i was having the baby at home so he didn't want to get any more phone calls and they got lost but that was we didn't have cell phones back then so the yeah, it's even worse we, yeah we gave them the address they had a thomas guide but where i live there's all these numbered streets and we didn't say oh there's one set and then the right. next town also has numbered streets so anyway eventually they found us but in the meantime I love telling this story. <laughs> I, should I continue? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah, keep going. Okay. So she, so they made it to the house. My, um, I'll skip to the good part. I won't tell you all the details. So they're there, and she checks me again, and she says, "Well, she's, you know, head, whatever they call it. She says it'll be a miracle, you know, if she." Uh, I don't know why she said that. Miracle. I have to ask the exact terms, but a miracle if she comes out or I don't know. I mean, otherwise they would have sent me to a hospital. I have a C-section. But anyway, if she turns or it'll be anytime soon or something or other. I don't know. Right. So right. the birthing coach was supposed to take video because everything, everybody did this, right, in the 80s and 90s. It was like the tradition. We're going to video. The baby's going to be born. We're going to have birthday cake in the house, blah, 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 blah. Really, I, I've never, I've never heard of that. Really? No. No. Well, I was born in '89, so that the yeah. Bradley method. Okay. okay. So anyway, um, you know, it's like cool to be home and chill yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, so my birthing coach was supposed to take the video, but she had Bible study that night. Remember, it was Wednesday. <laughs> so she says, uh, "Well, I'm gonna go because it's gonna be a while before she's born." Is basically what the midwife said. So, so my birthing coach says, "Well, I'm gonna go to my Bible study." 
I'll come back when it's over. Like two hours, right? The coach goes to read a book. I mean, the, the midwife. In the meantime, my best friend was there with me. My husband, she stayed. And we prayed. And we prayed that, you know, she would come and, you know, prayed about the birth because it sounded like it was going to take a long time. And I went back, I went to lie down, and all of a sudden I felt this crazy feeling. And it was like 15 minutes after we prayed. Like this, like something inside moved, had this weird feeling. It was just like, you know, something shifted. And I started hollering, something's happened, something's happened, something's happened. And, and like, everybody's kind of ignoring me like I'm an idiot. And uh, finally, the midwife comes in, like, and she just grabs me, like, in a movie. And she says, now, you know, knock it off or focus or just, you know, just a minute. <laughs> like, you know, calm down. And she goes and she does a little check. She goes, it's a miracle. Go ahead and push. And, like, nobody was there. It was just, like, wow. the three of us. Wow. And here she comes, and nobody knew how to take the video because the train, the videographer had gone to Bible study, and my friends like all you have is like the camera spinning around her trying to figure out how to use the dang thing, and uh, that was that. And then they all went to have birthday cake in the kitchen and forgot to give me any. <laughs> I was left alone in the bedroom. I'm like. What? What the heck? That's the funniest tradition ever. That, that's so funny. I mean, yeah, I know different people that give birth at home, but that's that's taking it to a whole different level. Yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 then, um, what was the other funny thing that happened? They go to have the cake. I would know I was left alone. Uh, what was it? Oh, also, um, that was when I lived in Hermosa Beach. There's no hospital there. So every time my daughter tells, you know, when she would go to school and they always have about me, right? You always do the right, right, right. poster. So I was born in Hermosa Beach. And the teacher would say, oh, no, you live in Hermosa Beach, but there's no hospital in Hermosa Beach. She's like, well, I was born in Hermosa <laughs> Beach. <laughs> That's cool. You can figure it out. You know, what's funny as you were sharing that, Katie, is is that I'll have different guests on here, and usually, um, or many times, they'll have these stories that if someone, maybe like a skeptic, someone's watching, they're kind of like, okay, you say that's a miracle, but it's not, you know. That's just that just happened, right? But what's interesting is, and I've had this in my, my life, and you know, virtually every Christian I know, there's certain oh, times. You hear, there's a train going by. Oh, that's okay. It? That's okay. It'll okay. just add some Sorry. cool sound effects. Yeah, that's no worries. Man, how do, you, life, how do you sleep at night? Yeah, goodness. I don't. I don't. <laughs> they promised when I bought this house 20 years ago that they were diverting the train and there would be less. But I guarantee you, at midnight or one every morning, I get that same sound. Like, really? Yeah, you know? that's, that's okay. terrible. Man. So there you go. If you want to know about being a voice actor and working at home, you've got to work around <laughs> the trains, the airplanes, <laughs> the leaf blowers. You just have to accept that that's part of what happens. And everybody probably with COVID knows what it's like to work at home these yeah, days. Yeah, no so kidding. So I don't have to tell them. Yeah. It's... But yeah, but if you want to make it really exciting, live by train tracks. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and what I was what I was saying was it was like, you know, it's, we all have these different stories, but it's when like I feel like God really speaks to us, and it's like, man, you know, He's not just some God that's out there. Like He's a God that actually like like cares for us individually. And real real quick story, 
you know, my little girl Zoe, she's three, little boy Zeke, he just turned one, or they're both, they both turned uh, three and one about, you know, same time this week. You know, I remember wanting kids for three years, my wife and I praying. And right before that, one of our friends texting us and saying, man, I feel like, you know, God's saying you're going to have two kids. The one's, first one's going to be a girl. She's going to be tall. And the next one's going to be a boy. And we were like, uh, okay, that's a little weird. <laughs> and we we're like, okay, not sure what to make of that. But it was, it was amazing that the next, you know, we uh, had a kid about a year later. And I think now even this week, like how special that is, like seeing our kids, it's like, man, someone looking on, they're just like, okay, yeah, you had kids. But for us, that's like a meaningful thing that, you know, God actually showed up and, and he, you know, cares about those, those things. Um, I mean, I've got so many questions, but here, you know, I want to be respectful of time. So let's jump into your life as Connie. I'm all sorry, because right? I've been blab- blabbing about everything else but that. So you go fire... Fire away the questions, Ezra. No, don't don't worry. Like when I listen to podcasts, I like people that just share stories. I don't like just everything rapid fire. So this this is fun. So many questions have been asked before. Everything's been told. My life's an open book. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go through some of some of the basics. Uh, John wants to know how did you become Connie? And he also volunteered his services for crying Brian Dern if needed. Um, so, (laughs) okay, you, you shared that you shared the quick story, but but I already told, yeah, you shared the quick story, but, but like, was there anything about that rule that you're like, okay, that fits me? No, I didn't even know what it was. Oh, no, no, they said we're, we're writing a part for you. I said, okay, I didn't know what it was until I got to the studio. I had no idea. And I never knew every week what was going on until I saw the script. No. Actually, and I think yeah. I, I've heard you say that before, but I think a lot of people would be surprised. They would probably think that you do get the scripts in advance, but you don't. You, you just you show up. Well, no, right? now or, we do. You, now you do, okay. Because there's computers. We didn't yeah. have. The, That's true. No, yeah. you guys, they're talking 32 years That's ago. True. All right? <laughs> you weren't even born. It's <laughs> true. So, uh,. Yeah, no, yeah. we we didn't because they we get there and they'd hand us the script. So you kind of get in the habit of not ha- seeing it till you get there. Now they send them. I, we're gonna do a show next week. I've got the script on my computer. I'll probably look at it. Okay. What <laughs> do you What do you think is the most asked question I got? Will Connie ever get married? That's the second. That's the second. It, it, oddly enough age how old is connie oh yeah how old yeah. is Connie? which i think yeah. is such a such a such a rude question but so and no, let's uh, let's yes, stick with right that is the most asked question probably so let, let's mm-hmm. stick with with connie what how how old is she how did she keep uh, one of our listeners named david wants to know how does she keep from aging and everyone else or at least a number of the other characters around her did what what was and actually i i it's an interesting question because like how how did you go through that process as as a show of saying okay some of these characters need to be here but then other characters say like Jimmy Barkley or others are going to grow up and develop um, how how was that decision made? Children grew up, and they <clears throat> they you know as far as the kids go, they got older. They. Their voices changed. Yeah. They stopped being who they were. And some of them went away and 
went to college and some got married. Lucy and uh, Jack are actually got married. They were sweethearts in like middle school or something and got married after high school and live in Texas and have a bunch of kids and they're all, you know, people, the kids change. And that's, you know, the great part about the show is we used real kids, but you can't keep them forever usually. Right. Uh, so that is just a natural progression. My voice didn't change. So, yes. Well, um, and that's, that's one of the other questions I had, because I can't remember where you shared this. You probably shared it a number of times. But in the early days, I think it was you had two jobs for your voice, and then you... Um, you, you were, one was you were announcing over like a store or something like that, a store intercom system and tell what the manager said and, and to you and how did that like play with your mind? Cause that would have, that would have kind of frustrated me if he said that to me. before I was even yeah. a voice act. I was like in high school, I had a yeah. job and I was like the customer service. So I was like back, we used to page People had to get paid like over the intercom to go to different departments in the store. So it would be my voice, you know, customer service needed in wherever hardware or something. And about two weeks after that, he said, no, we can't, we don't, we can't, we don't, we can't deal with listening to your voice. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know I sounded like anything, to be honest, but I, I don't know. You know, it didn't even occur to me. I don't know. So, yeah, I got fired from that job. Yep. Isn't that funny? It is. It, well, it is funny because one of the quotes that came out of that that talk, I think, that you gave that I love and that I, that I wrote down, I'm going to use it in one of my books one day. You, you say, most of our defects are just assets uh, taken to an extreme. Um, yeah. Elaborate on that. What, what, how, yeah. Well, I think that uh, our character defects are our character assets taken to an extreme. Like sometimes people are very, you know, when you see your your wife's a teacher, right? Yeah. So I don't know what you do normally besides podcasts, but, um, you know, you see kids sometimes that are really bossy or other ones follow them, you know, so you say, oh, you could say that one's a leader, but if they take it to the extreme and they can be obnoxious and pushy, right? So it's God gives us these personality traits that take would take into extreme can be defects, you know. Some people, um, you know, for whatever you can be very sensitive, and that can be an asset. But if you get your feelings hurt all the time, or think people are, you know, you know, that can be extreme. That could be a character defect. So yeah, I think. You know, we just have to be humble and ask God to show us where we need to uh, be sensitive about other people because we can feel so confident in who we are, but not understand how our relationship with the rest of the world, you yeah, know, and, and yeah. we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. So I remember. Um, you know, aspects of my personality where people would maybe complain and I was raised in, at a time was like, well, too bad for them. They just have to deal with it. And I don't think that's how God wants us to be. You know, yeah. it's not that we have to change and do whatever, be the person someone else wants us to be, but we can also be sensitive 
to other people too. So I guess yeah. that's what I meant. Does that's, that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, uh, the reason I asked that is because I actually I, num- I imagine a number of kids are listening and they're probably, you know, all stages of life and wondering, okay, some of the things I don't like about myself, but actually maybe that's something that can be a huge positive down the line. And Yeah. Uh, and I think you don't find that out till you're older. I mean, I could have like hated myself for a voice that got me fired from a job. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it turned out that didn't wasn't good in that situation but it's been good in a whole bunch of other situations right so i think we have to trust god that he made us the way we are for a reason and 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 not and not be afraid to be who he created us to be i think you know if you if you saw in that talk i really believe that we have certain you know talents and and things that interest us and that's what we gravitate to, the stuff, you know. But we also have life experience and we develop skills and, and education. And then there's like some point where these two things intersect. And you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's what I'm supposed to do. Because we don't know every job that's out there. We don't know all the different ways God could use us. I mean, now all of a sudden, all I wanted, thought I would be growing up was a teacher. Teacher hmm. or secretary. That's yeah. what I thought. Those are the two jobs available to me. And it's funny because I do like teaching, but I, you know, I don't think I was really cut out to be a school teacher, you know, 24/7. But now I through my crazy things that have happened in my life over the years, I ended up becoming a substitute teacher, which I liked. And taught me how to work with people somewhat. And now, what am I doing? I'm doing so much coaching and teaching online and workshops with people in person, teaching what I know for voice acting in, in voiceover. And I think that's amazing. I had to get, you know, six decades before I had the confidence, oh, yeah, I can I can share what I know and I'm pretty good at working with people and now I'm seeing the fruit of that desire and interest you know so many tens of years later how is this going to play so we don't know when we're going to use the things that we think we're called to do we don't know you know it's it's all it's all an adventure yeah that's I love the way you put that I like okay here I could add on to that but let's just move on to another one I mean Talk about some of the people that you've worked with. You've worked with um, people like Hal Smith, uh, the first Mr. Whitaker, uh, Will Ryan, which you guys, actually, I didn't know this until doing a little bit more research uh, prior to this show, that you guys have like an off, off-air off chemistry as well, too, don't you? Like, like, it seems like you guys just have a ton of fun together every time like you he interact. He's one of my best friends. We worked together before Odyssey. I mean, that's another miracle, the whole cast, because we all worked together on a show called Dumbo Circus, but the person who cast Odyssey didn't know that, and somehow my first session, those are all my buddies I'd worked with three days a week for a year and a half on Dumbo Circus. We didn't have oh, to really? get to know each other at all. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know it that. It was amazing. Interesting. Walker Edmiston, Hal Smith, yep. Will Ryan, Patty Paris. Um, who else was on Dumbo? Jimmy Jim Cummings 
actually was on Dumbo Circus. Yep. He didn't do much on Odyssey, but those for that first core group, we were all like very well acquainted with each other and friends. So we just already knew how to play with each other. Um, and Will, yeah, he we've written a book together, Adventures in Oddity. And if you're lucky, he's supposed to come over today, actually. So he may be here if he Ooh. gets the car on time Ooh. before we finish because... Uh, we do, uh, there's something called Cameo, where people request special videos from people. Yeah. So we do one together. I have one separate, but we also do one together. So somebody requested a Cameo, and he just likes to drive, I guess. So he's going to come down here, and we're going to shoot a Cameo and talk about our bonus second edition of our book, Adventures in Oddity, which is, has absolutely no pith whatsoever it's just goofy and fun, and we've added 50 more pages to it, and he did more drawings, and um, anyway, we're going to publish that real soon, so we're excited about that. So I finished listening to it this morning. So You did? I did. Yeah, yeah. So Did you hear me smack him? Did you hear me smack him? I can't remember that part. part? The, I had I, to no, slug him because he was making me nuts. <laughs> well, what, okay, well, what, okay, so, so you went there. Because I was in- interested as you were, like, and that's one of the things that I was like, wow, they actually have, like, an incredible chemistry together. And and so, like, does he just speak in big words naturally? Like, I, I thought that was all script writing, the, but he, he, he naturally speaks. Like, so, well, if, in case you don't know, Will Ryan is, he plays the part of Eugene. Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we go, when we get our scripts, we have this, in the beginning, now... It's already gelled after 32 years, but you know he'd add th- we could add stuff part of our personality to our characters, and then the writers picked up on that. That's how our characters develop. So, I mean, and they kind of knew Will anyway. I think when he yeah. wrote for his part, um, and they yeah, he's super good. He's an he's an amazing um, uh, wordsmith, and he writes probably a song a day and they're always really plays with words yeah he wrote a bunch (laughs) of songs for dumbo circus used to work for uh, write songs for disney you probably heard some growing up interesting um yeah so he's very very he's yeah he took latin in high school and he just (laughs) he's he's likes to do that he likes to talk that way so um he does it for fun it's not like he's eugene exactly like he doesn't know what he's saying but he definitely you know has a pretty amazing vocabulary well and that was one of the questions so i think i remember a number of years ago i think uh walker edmonston and dave madden um um so bernard walton and uh, tom riley play, play those parts um so they're talking about how I believe this is right before recording sessions they would go and get something to eat beforehand. Like they kind of hung out off air as well. And is that kind of one of the special things about Adventures in Odyssey? Because I'm guessing a number of the the uh, voiceovers that you've done have some of them have been one off, some of them have been shows. But like there's something special I'm sure about being on something like that for what, what I don't even know how many years that is now. It's thirty thirty two two yeah. Uh, yeah, well, like, when, see, Odyssey started in the 80s, and I started working in voiceover in 81, and 
the community was very small then. So people would see each other anyway. Like we knew, you know, and the community, voiceover community is very supportive, completely different from theater and TV. We're just different. I, I would say probably more down to earth. And of course, we don't worry about what we look like, right? We, we're, we don't have to deal with that. Or we didn't used to have to deal with that. I obviously had, now you can see me, I have makeup on and stuff, but <laughs> back then, and you know, so we'd see each other at auditions, we'd see each other on different shows, we all kind of knew each other, people were friends, and, and Dave Madden and, and Hal and Walker did a lot of on-camera stuff too, so um, they were just part of that whole Hollywood tradition, and yeah, we were friends, you know, my kids grew up watching Dave Madden do magic tricks for them and stuff. And, you know, it, it, there is something very special about Odyssey. Even Will and I were talking about it when we were on the phone earlier today because um, National Public Radio or American Public Radio does some radio theater. But they use celebrities. And yeah. Will said, you know, it's probably a decent production. I haven't heard it, but he made the comment. They just seem kind of more full of themselves. And I said, well, mm. you know, our show is different because we have a purpose. We have a a mission. We have a a calling. And, and it's greater than ourselves. And we all know that. And mm. I think that makes a difference, you know, when you're working on a project like that. Right. Like, you know, even that, um, The Chosen, like that TV show, you know, they, they have a, a, something bigger than themselves that is, you know, def we defer to in a way. And even though we have a lot of fun, uh, you know, I think the show's been, it's like dedicating your kid to God, hmm. you know, our show's been dedicated and so we go with it but yeah i mean we've known everybody's known each other for so long and we ha eat meals together you know usually when we go record odyssey if we're there to do two shows we'll be there all day and we'll have lunch together and you just get to know people you know you get to know their families you get to know uh that's just kind of what what happen so those guys ruled you know hollywood guys they know they you know those they're known if you hear old interviews with people they go to you know hangouts and have coffee and lunch together anyway before odyssey that's just life here you, you know one of the things that i was i've i've wondered is i wonder if you um realize sometimes the effect that you've had on on then kids and then now adults over their lives. I mean, because I know you've, I'm sure you've met with thousands and thousands of, of you know, fans and, and uh, of the show. But so, so quick backstory of my life. I grew up eight hours north of Toronto, small town. Um, we would have these, my, uh, my mom was from the States. And so we would drive 15, 18 hours to Pennsylvania or Ohio. And, and what do you do on an 18 hour car trip? I mean, there's, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> and so, I mean, literally up through about probably uh, 50, I think, um, of, the, of the albums. I mean, I probably have so many of the lines just stuck in my head. And what, what's odd is if there's some nights I can't go to sleep, 
I mean, it's like I revert to my childhood. I'm like, and I'll go fishing for an adventure in Odyssey, and I'll and I'll play it still even to this day. And what's what's Aww. interesting, what's interesting is, and I and I, as I've talked to different people, I mean, that story has played out over thousands and thousands of of kids' lives, and and I think I even talked to my nieces and nephews. They're all into it, and they 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 love the show, right? Um, you ever stopped like and and like just I don't know realize that kind of impact like like when um eugene came to faith in christ um one of the reasons that was so impactful for me was just kind of some of my own personal journey and like i remember crying when i heard that because i was like wow that like impacted me you know and and i think that's i just wonder sometimes if if you realize that kind of impact that that you've had um not sitting in in (laughs) this perspective and always always being a part of it yeah it's overwhelming and every time I think about it, it just brings me to tears because you don't know it until people like your age are able to tell us, you know, when we start meeting people or we get letters. And um, it is hard to fathom. It really is. It's, it's amazing to talk to people and hear stories like yours and it, 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 we are I mean I've, I've met people in law school and yeah. uh, who were who were a coast guard who snuck in their mp3 players because they weren't allowed so they could listen to Odyssey at night yeah. to go to sleep you know <laughs> young men and you, you just know it has to be from God because hmm. I mean yeah, well, even like the cartoons, you know, those are kids, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve years old. Well, I'm never going to see them when I'm actually doing the show. But now when we go to conventions and they're in their 30s and we get to hear this stuff, we don't, you don't know. You just do your job and, you know, just do your job as best you can. And to for it to have that kind of impact. I mean, and I know I hear from lots of people that, you know, they're. Uh, even one of my best friends and my kids too, you know, they'd say, well, how many odysseys will it take to get to so-and-so where, you know, well, it'll take about four or five before we get there. You know, they would use odyssey episodes to gauge how long it would take (laughs) to drive somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's really common. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's just unbelievable because I could go, I could walk out my door and no one, and never heard of Odyssey. But mm-hmm. then when you meet an Odyssey fan, you know, you're like superstar. Yeah, and yeah. it it's so touching and it's such a blessing. I mean what you know, when like I said, when we first started, there's one Connie Kendall role mm-hmm. in the world. And I got to have it. And to see what has happened and the way, you know, things have developed is just incredible. And, you know, everything you record exists forever. So I don't know. I hope, you know, people seem to still want to share it with their kids after they've grown up listening. And, you know, I guess it's like some of the actors that I admired growing up, you know, they're old, but all their work meant you know, stuff to me, and and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for the legacy, you know? I know it's all good stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that you can feel good about, right? So, 
I it's it's hard to fathom, but I do un- get it. If I let it, if I let it touch me, I'll just you know turn into a puddle of tears because <laughs> it's really incredible. Well, it's, I- I'm so 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 thankful. Yeah, like, because I think back to that. That's I think that's knowing your story from the early days. I think that's what made your journey so fascinating to me. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on was was because, like, I just think of the person that was in, especially in your shoes, say in the in the uh, when you're in the high school years, and then you got your manager saying, "Okay, no, your voice isn't going to work." You know, ironically enough. Um, quick question, uh, Brandy. She writes that her daughter. She wants to pursue an, a role in voice acting. Another girl named uh, uh, Megan, she moved from Alaska to, I think it's L.A., okay. and is looking to get a role in voice acting, but it's just kind of like, oh, I'm not sure how to, in her case, it was like merge Christian values with, you know, she's not sure about all that. Um, but then, you know, Brandy's daughter wants well, to have a role in voice acting. Say, what, what do you think? What I, what I always say is, look, what if you're a pipe fitter? What if you're a, yeah. what if you're a gardener? What if you're an IT person? Yeah. Our mission field is the person next to us. It doesn't matter. Acting is just a job. First of all, you need a life outside of your career, hmm. number one. Number two, you know, that's your job. You do everything to the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. You love, you, you, how, why would you live any differently as an actor than you would as a, as a male person? person, a mail delivery carrier. I mean, you know, if, but if you've got the talent and you've got the skill, you know, you try it out just like anything. If that's something you want to try, like I teach workshops, I do private coaching. We're doing an animation course in a couple weeks. Anybody wants to go to my website, katielee.com. Yep. I got it at the bottom um, of the screen for people. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yep. can't see it. Anyway, yeah, uh, you know, but they take courses and, and, See if it suits them or not. You try it just like anything else, like your clothes. Try them on, see if they fit. If they don't feel right, then, you know, that might not be it for you or it might not be it for you now. Or, you know, I, I don't see why not. You just try it because the success rate isn't super high. That's yeah. the other thing. Just yeah. the fact that I can look back on being in the right place for me. I feel like the right place at the right time. Um, I'm thankful for that. I could come into this business today and, and not make a penny. You yeah. know, if I started out now, I don't know. So every journey is, you know, we can't see what's over the horizon. You just have to start walking. What would you say to the person that, uh, let's let's say pre-Odyssey days, all right, J- just before then, okay, and you're kind of wondering, all right, and, and I, but I guess a little bit before then because you were already, you know, accomplished voice actor at that point, but the person who's kind of struggling right now and they're wondering, okay, you know, not just voice acting, but all kinds of fields, and they're saying, mm-hmm. man, I, I feel like God wants me to do this. I'm not quite sure, but but I think so. Um, but I'm hitting all these walls and it's, it's a little bit tougher than I thought. Um, what do you say to someone like that after looking back over all these years? See, I told you, I kind of take the Gideon approach. I, when I moved to Hollywood, I said, all right, I'm gonna give it two years. If I can't make a living, I'm gonna find something else to do because this is about making money. Bottom line, this isn't like, oh, I, I was called to be a voice actress. I never, I just thought I'll give it a shot, right? I think, you know, they have this expression, 
you know, hold on loosely to things because there might be something better out there. You know, we can't be so fixed. And there's no reason to say, you know, you can you can do voice work as a side thing too at your church or some for something you know there's lots of ways to use your your voice you know i don't so i can't say that i felt like oh this is my mission in life you know i thought i was going to be a producer i studied broadcasting but i didn't never thought of myself as talent i never did theater in high school okay interesting so, yeah yeah um but I have certain skills and interests, you know, I can mimic, there's, you know, shows I watch, I have a good grasp of characters for some reason, because that was just how, what interested me. So, you know, like this workshop I was doing, I I found the script, it was this mashup of all these different um, movies, Rodgers and Hammerstein's movies, and I thought the script was really funny, and we were going to do it yesterday, but circumstances made me change my mind, but then I was thinking too, gee whiz, I'm kind of old, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know these movies, these are my reference point, and I think it's funny, but they may not know those characters, so why am I saying this? Uh... I forget what my point was. There's a big, there's a big spider hanging on from my roof over there, like hanging on for dear life. I kind of want to smack it, but I won't. But if it wind blows it over here and you see me run away, um, anyway. I'll be honest. Uh, I could have, I could have heard Connie just saying what you just said. <laughs> well, I know. We're not very different. That's the other thing. How amazing to get to pretty much play myself for 32 years, right? There's not a lot of acting involved. Is that true? You know? Is that, is that true? Is that is there a lot yeah, of similarities? I think yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. There is. There truly is. There really truly is. So, I mean, that's a blessing. And all the things that Connie's gone through, either I've learned from her or she's learned from me. Yeah. That's I'm I've been working on an autobiography. We haven't found a publisher. Might end up self-publishing it. Yeah. But the premise is how similar hmm. we are. And and you know what not just how similar I am from Connie, but you know, this is a huge part of my life. I've been playing Connie for over half my life. Yeah. Um and I have this I live in this parallel universe. I have my whole Odyssey world and then the other world. <laughs> And, you know, but things overlap and my, my life would be, I mean, it's, it is what it is because of playing Connie. Um, but I would encourage anybody to, you know, take, you know, take some voice acting classes, go to www. No, it went to the ground now. I want to step (laughs) on it, but I don't have any shoes. (laughs) Where are my shoes? It's rolling. You know, spiders. It's probably under your chair right now. And and they get blown by the wind. It looks like a tumbleweed. (laughs) That's so weird. Uh, I know we're live, so I'm. I really am tempted to go over there and smack it with something. Is that bad? Can you? Are you going to edit this? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So yes, I know how to be Connie. That's no problem. It just comes naturally. Uh, Yeah. The other stuff I have to work out a little bit harder. 
<laughs> I, I have literally tons of questions more that, that I could ask, but I, for, I want to be respectful of your time, so I'm going to limit it to two more here. Um, okay. you, you mentioned your dream one day to um, manage a spiritual retreat center, which I found interesting. Um, any, oh. any thoughts on that? I was just curious. That, 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 that'd be an interesting thing. Well, why? Yeah, I used to want to do that. Um, well, I guess because I have the gift of hospitality. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. just think it would be a wonderful to be like the host. Yeah. You know, like I wouldn't, I might teach because I teach too. I mm-hmm. kind of have mm-hmm. that gift. I teach Bible study. But no, I don't know because I like, I was a Girl Scout for 12 years. I like camping. I like being out somewhere. And I just think. That serenity to be and to be able to, you know, be the person to welcome people to a nice place to get closer to God, that that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. just That's cool. sounds nice. Yeah, well, I have to open my own Timothy Center. Right? I know, I know. Another Odyssey reference there for those of you that don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, if you're, if you're, you know, one of the cool things I think with this interview is even if you haven't heard of Odyssey and Adventures in Odyssey and really listened to it that much, um, there's so much I feel like you've shared that that I think can help. Um, if someone wants to be coached or mentored by you, I know that's probably different. I, I saw some different things on your website with, with coaching options you offer. Um, what's that look like? Can anyone um, do that if they, if they sign up and register for it? Or mm-hmm. how, does that, how does that look like? Oh, uh, you know, I usually talk to them and see what their goals are. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm the best person to help them, first of all, you right, know. Uh, right. um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a good way to... Nowadays, and I, there were voiceover coaches when I started. I just probably didn't take advantage of them. Um, but... You know, it's good to get feedback. We all need a yeah. coach. You know, if you were gonna if you were gonna try out for baseball, you'd probably have a coach, right? If you're gonna in voiceover, you got to make a demo usually. If that's a career you want, you need to learn what's you know. You don't know how good you are sometimes until somebody pushes you, and sometimes you don't know how bad you are until somebody pushes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean we have to be realistic right you know I don't think that if you're four foot ten you're gonna play for the NBA either so you know I, I, I try to screen people but yeah I'm open if, if somebody's really yeah. interested or turn them on to some other workshops that I really think group classes are mm-hmm. good too because we learn from listening to other people and nowadays with zoom you can be anywhere yeah and and really, we have to be doing these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. So, and even studios are starting to record more remotely. You know, um, my specialty, unfortunately, isn't the thing that pays the most money. You know, really, in voiceover, uh, <laughs> commercials pay the most, and maybe mm-hmm. corporate stuff. And I do educational stuff. That's the other thing. I Now that I work from home, I have my own studio. I don't anyway, so I'm getting off track. But um yeah, they can contact me and you know, I'm not I certainly make myself available to help other people if they're interested or share what I know. I only know yeah. what I know. There's lots of coaches out there. You know, and you wanna find somebody who's good for you, who understands your market. Um 
Yeah, there's you're, you're really your own CEO. It's it's running your own business, being yeah. a voiceover person yeah. these days. Um, as much as we'd like other, everybody to do all the hard work for us, we kind of have to do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on and taking some time. This thank you. Been, I feel awesome. bad if there's people who send in questions and I was t- busy telling them my birthing story. It's like making people watch home movies. So <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Oh, um, no, it's fun. It, it, a lot of them, a lot of them you've answered uh, numerous other places before. So I think I think this <laughs> this interaction, the way we did it has been um, I wanted to get some new stuff out of you. So uh, maybe it's not totally new, but it was for me. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for having me, Ezra, and the, the Monday Christian. Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Well, there you have it. And uh, maybe you're someone who's listening to this podcast and you're like, actually, voice acting is my thing. It's something that I'm passionate about. Or maybe you know someone else who is passionate about it and you'd like a coach, a guide to help you along the way check out katielee.com. Seriously, check out her website. Um, and she's got several cool coaching sessions that she offers to people and see if it's a fit for you. Reach out to her. And uh, I, I think it would be such a worthwhile connection. Okay. I said at the beginning of the podcast that I had a little surprise for you. And here's what it is. After we finish recording, Will Ryan, who plays the part of Eugene on Adventures in Odyssey, is just a phenomenal actor, has has played the roles in so many different, uh, whether it's cartoon characters, uh, the list could go on and on. But he stopped by at Katie's house, and together they picked up a, he picked up a ukulele, and they played a little song for us. And I asked if we could share it, and so here it is. And so we'll end out this podcast on this very uh, serious note. <laughs> I wanted to... That's funny. <laughs> we are a hoot. Oh. So if you know anybody who wants us to come back to Nampa, we're available. We had fun there. You had a tooth. To hoot, and you scramble the letters, and you got tooth. That's true. <laughs> we are a tooth. <laughs> we are a tooth. <laughs> we are the children. <laughs> you see, it takes a certain person to be voice actor. You think it would be we are the teeth? Why they? Why you they gotta made just are... be able to jump from subject to subject. There's so many things I could talk about. We should just do another podcast. It's funny because on the show, it's like he has. He has to have more patience with you, but in real life, is it is it the oh, other way around? Yes, <laughs> that would so be that would be a good question. But yes, yes, I think that is exactly the truth. You've been listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program that helps you put into action the truth of God's word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. For more info on this program, simply visit our website, themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com. 